Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And this week we're heading down to the farm with Cowbells, starring Allie and AJ. <laughs> Amazing. I love Allie and AJ. <laughs> they deserve all of the love. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Allie and AJ. And if they don't like them, it's because they don't know they exist, which is a shame for them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've never heard anything bad about Allie and AJ. Right. Everyone loves... I have, like, a full biography. <laughs> because last time, well, we met Allie in Now You See Me. and so Now I You cover- See It. Now You See It. <laughs> so I covered, like, only her career. And then I also have AJ, like, her single career. But now that they're together, I have um, what we've seen from Allie and AJ as, like, projects from them both together. Yeah. So As Allie and AJ. As Allie and AJ. Yes. Allie is older, and AJ is two years younger. Her full name is Amanda. Which I understand why she went by AJ. <laughs> Allison. No offense to all and Amanda the, Mashaka. Yeah, no offense to all the Amandas out there. Um, by herself, uh, she's done a couple voice acting. She's in She Ra and the Princesses of Power, which I've seen Netflix tweet about. Uh, she's also in Steven Universe. Um, she is in The Goldbirds and its spin off Schooled, which I think it's on channel or ABC, I think. I, th- I think those do well. I don't watch them, but I know they've been on for a while. Um, she was also in Super 8. I think she played, like, one of the kids' older sisters or something, because <laughs> she wasn't one of the main kids. Uh, she was also in Secretariat and <laughs> The Lovely Bones. Yeah, I don't remember her from The Lovely Bones. I'm assuming she was just, like, one of her friends or something. I think so. I watched it a few months ago. I had a lot of thoughts about that movie, <laughs> but A.J. Mishako was not one of them. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Allie and AJ, together as a band, their debut album was Into the Rush, which had uh, singles like Rush, obviously, from Twitches, No One, which was featured in Ice Princess, um, On the Ride, which is featured in this movie, Uh, Do You Believe in Magic, which we heard in Now You See Me, Now You See It, (laughs) Um, another cover of Walkin' on Sunshine, and Chemicals React. All great songs, if I do say so myself. I don't think I know Chemicals React, but I think I know all of the other ones. Were you right? Was I wrong? Oh, you weak? Oh my god, I know the, their yeah, whole first album. No skips. All the singles, at least. Oh. <laughs> no. I thought that's... that was all of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> These are just, I just wrote down the singles, so I don't, I don't know their non-singles. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a true Ali and AJ stan. <laughs> but I love their singles. They're really good. Um, after Into the Rush, they had a Christmas album, um, which included one of my favorite Christmas songs, The Greatest Time of Year. Uh, that music video used to play on Disney Channel. Um, after that, they had Insomniatic, which had the potential breakup song. We love it. We love to hear it. We love to hear the new explicit version, if you haven't yet. Um, this one also had Like Whoa. Classic. I used to sing that on Disney Sing It. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this, they, like, departed from the record company, and they changed their name to 78 Violet. It doesn't ever explain why. I'm assuming maybe, like, the record company owned their name. I don't know. I think they were also trying to, like, kind of distance themselves and, like, grow up some. Um, but, I don't know. After that, they came back with, like, their name again. Um, they released, like, an EP and then an album in the late 2010s. Um, the album's actually pretty good. I've been listening to it. It's, like, mostly synth pop. It's not bad. Um, together, uh, in acting, they were in (laughs) Super Sweet 16 the movie. (laughs) Which I did watch. I also watched the show. I don't know why. I was, like, 12. And I'm watching these 16-year-olds be like, why didn't I get a car? And they'd be like, you got me the red car. You wanted the blue one. I remember the, like, special Chris Brown Super 18 uh, episode. You know, pre-Rihanna. And then in um, Kiss Kiss Kiss, the song, he was like, the Lamborghini with the spotted seats. And that's what he got for his 18th birthday. In that episode. Wow, very um, nice. They were also in this, like, indie movie that they, like, co-produce, and it's, like, loosely based on their relationship called Weepa Way For Now. And I remember, I don't know why I remember when it came out, but I do remember that I've always wanted to see it, but it's, like, super indie, so I don't know how I'd have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they were in an unaired pilot on Disney Channel called Haversham Hall, where they played long-lost sisters who were separated at birth and reunite at a boarding school called Haversham Hall. Amazing. We love reinventing the parent trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie also has Jack, 
Coleman. Um, one thing I wanted to mention oh. is that AJ dated Joe Jonas back in the day because we talked <laughs> yes. about uh, one of his ex girlfriends already. We'll get to another later on. Which one did we talk about? Camille. Camilla. Oh, Camilla Bell. Yeah. The better revenge is about better than revenge is about her, about her. It's not a good song, feministically speaking. It is. It's not good, but. Low key, it slaps. <laughs> but we are feminists. We feel guilty when we listen to it. <laughs> we are not for slut shaming. It's just a good song. Same vein as Misery Business by Paramore. <laughs> Haley, Haley and Taylor, they both know. They exactly. Both know. They've grown. They don't sing them anymore. Uh, but Ali and AJ, people thought that potential breakup song was about I, Joe I, Jonas. I always knew it wasn't about Yeah, Joe it's Jonas. not. And they confirmed this on their Twitter and said that one of their other songs is about it him. It was not a single. Yeah, I don't remember which one it is. I think it's. I don't remember what it is, but you can go to their Twitter and see that Potential Breakup Song is not about Joe Jonas. Oh my god, can you imagine being the subject of Potential Breakup Song? How would you live with yourself? I don't know. (laughs) You forgot their birthday? But Forever and Always. Imagine having Forever and Always by Taylor Swift written about you. I, I, I've never had a song, any song written about me, (laughs) so I can't, I don't know, but feel like a famous pop star. do it. Um, so yeah, so moving on, like I said, uh, Jack Coleman, you probably recognize him as State Senator Robert Lipton from The Office, um, Angela's has Angela's beard. She was his beard. <laughs> He's also Hayden Panettiere's dad in Heroes. In Heroes, yeah, he was in Heroes, uh, he was in an episode of Touched by an Angel, um, and the original Dynasty series and Days of Our Lives, uh, Sheila McCarthy, we met in Full Court Miracle. And, uh, Michael... She looks like off-brand Reba, and kind of sounds like <laughs> that, too. Sorry to that woman. That's not her real singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, could have fooled me. Um, Michael Trevino, who, if you watched The Vampire Diaries, he was in that. He was also in the, the new Roswell show, I think. That's what it said on his IMDb. Um, Christian Serratos, uh, you may know her Queen. from The Walking Dead, a few episodes of The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Um, from the one Twilight movie that I saw, I think she was one of Bella's she's, friends. She is Bella's only true friend. That's not a vampire. <laughs> she is Angela. She is the best human character in Twilight, including Bella and the werewolves. What she, does she do? Because when the movie I saw, she didn't do anything. She's just Bella's actual friend. Like, Anna Kendrick, uh, I forget what her name is in the movie. But she's Anna, my favorite character. Okay, Anna Kendrick's character, like, doesn't care about Bella, which, like, makes sense, because Bella's, like, a drama queen, but Angela is, like, her actual friend, and whenever Anna Kendrick is, like, jealous of Bella and stuff like that. For what? For just, like, because Mike is the one that Anna Kendrick liked, and Mike liked oh, Bella, because yeah. everyone loved Bella. I remember that. Yeah, and, sort like, of. from the one movie that I saw. Well, and she's also just like, oh my god, the Cullens are so hot, and why did Edward Cullen choose this random fucking girl and not me? I don't blame her. Yeah, but Angela is, like, a good friend, and she's like, hey, I think it's kind of crazy that you're getting married at 18, but, like, good for you, girl. Proud of ya, friends. So, we love that. Um, well, I know Christian Serratos as Susie motherfucking Crabgrass yes. from Ned's Classified School Survival Guide. She was also in an episode of Seventh Heaven. She played a receptionist. Uh, but she was still pretty young, so I don't know what receptionist <laughs> she played, but... Uh, she was also in the new Selena series. I got, like, 20 minutes into the first episode, and then I got bored. <laughs> yeah, I I heard not great things about it, but... I did see the movie, though. Well, I watched the movie, because I was like, well, if I'm gonna watch the series, I should probably watch the movie. So I rented the movie. The movie was fine. Yes. <laughs> um, we also have Ron Gabriel, who was in Full Court Miracle... Chris Gallinger, who we'll see in Twitches 2, and then Paula Brancati, who we'll see in Jump In and was in Degrassi. Yes, she was in Degrassi. She was Jane in Degrassi. Jane was one of my favorite characters. She had some very dramatic storylines, one of which included her playing on the boys' football team and getting jumped at practice (laughs) because they're like, you're a girl, you want to be treated like the boys, huh? And they just jump her at practice. and jump all of our teammates. And then, no, 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 and then during the game, they like never cover for her, so she just gets like seriously injured time and time again because it's football and they're tackling her. And finally, she has to like, go to the principal because the coach isn't doing shit and her boyfriend supports her he's like that's my girlfriend on the football team football position was she a kicker no she was like one of the players i don't know but she was like one she was in the game well not just a kicker okay um so this movie premiered in 2006 uh fun fact it premiered the same day as hannah montana i I looked it up yeah march 3rd 
March, no, March 24th, 2006. What a day. What a day for us all. If you go to the Wikipedia for this movie, you also see that it was loosely based on, like, the idea for it came from The Simple Life, starring Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. And I made this connection without, like, reading that in the Wikipedia first, because I was like, that makes total sense. Because The Simple Life came out in 2003, and this came out in 2006, but it's, like, the same idea. The second episode of The Simple Life, they go and work on a dairy farm. (laughs) So, literally, some of the scenes, I swear, is, like, cut from The Simple Life (laughs) entirely. Please tell me what they are when we get there. Oh, I will. And there's, like, little things here and there, too, that were added to definitely like rev that up I had never seen the simple life I had just seen like images from it on the internet like videos it is so funny it's free on Tubi highly recommend I was having such a fun time watching it I'm very invested now also if you have not watched the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube also free very very good very interesting she is like amazing she knows exactly what she's doing she always has yeah we don't we don't stand for Paris Hilton hate here Yeah, she's not, like, a dumb bitch. She's so smart. (laughs) She just knows how to play people. So. Okay. Uh, Let's begin. So, we begin this movie with Taylor, a.k.a. Allie, um, taking her driver's test. She's doing well, and she's, like, complimenting the instructor. She's like, you know, like, maybe you should wear some pastels. Well, yeah, she's like, oh, your eyes are so pretty, which is, I said, that's probably from The Simple Life, because they were constantly complimenting everyone they met. (laughs) They're very charming. Yeah. Which seems... Yeah, well, that's what I thought about this movie. I was like, because, like, they do have, like, um, Taylor and Courtney, like, the sisters that Paris and Nicole are based, or that are based off Paris and Nicole, like, they're not mean people. Yeah. They're well, never like, oh, like, look at that girl. Like, she's so poor. Look at her non-designer clothes. Like, they are, like, very nice to everyone. And, like, even, like, all the adults in their lives are very charmed by them. Oh, well, I think that that's part of the thing because a lot of times you want to, like, demonize, like, rich people as, like, right. out of touch and, like, they don't know stuff. And, and like, you well, be, like, that is their thing. Yeah, like, you they, can't be out of touch, but that doesn't mean that you're, like, a horrible person and you hate everyone Yeah, else. it's just, and, like, that's, like, sort of the whole point of this movie, that it's just, like, the way that the situation that they were born into. Yeah, and so she's complimenting uh, the, like, test instructor, and that's something in The Simple Life. Like, they worked at Sonic, and they would be like, you're hot, you have pretty eyes, what can I get for you today? <laughs> just stuff like that, so. I honestly love that. Yeah, I, I wish someone would do that to me. It's like, you have pretty eyes, what can I get? <laughs> yeah, so I think they're trying to, like, subtly include stuff like that. So she's, they do have, like, really funny quips in this movie that yeah. I was like, I don't remember this being that funny. Yeah. Yeah, so as she's taking the test, she's doing very well, like you said, and she turns on music because she's just, like, bored, and the instructor, like, turns it off immediately, and he's like, no music while you're driving. You could fail for that, which is not true, because whenever I took my driving (laughs) test, okay, so I was taking my driving test, and I got stuck behind a bus, and um, it was, like, a summer school bus, and there was a kid in a wheelchair on it, so they had to, like, get a ramp out, so I had to, like, stop because it had the stop sign out, so I'm sitting there with the driving, like, and not instructor, but the person taking the, giving me the test and fucking Timber by Kesha featuring Pitbull is on. So it's literally like shaking the bras and thongs, Timber. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, I just want to pass. <laughs> Luckily I did, but I wish they would have told me no music. I had meant to like turn it off or down, oh, but I, I forgot to. any music in my driver's test. Either way, I would have been drowned out by the, my internal screaming. <laughs> Yeah, so was I, and I was like, oh my god, and, uh... By the time I took my third driver's test, that was the time that I passed, but there was, like, like, I had to make a left, and there was, like, the hospital was next door, and it was, like, 4 p.m., so, like, all the workers were going home, and it was just, like, constant, non-stop, like, people, like, coming out, and so, like, it took me, like, 10 minutes to make a left turn, because that's what I failed for twice the first time, Mm -hmm. so I was, like, making a turn, but I, like, there's a bush there, and then I could, yeah, anyway... Yeah. Anyway, so while they're driving, they Taylor points out her dad's dairy factory, um, and then her phone rings, and it's a call from her sister, Courtney. Yeah, she starts to answer it, and the, and the guy yeah. is like, you can't answer the phone, what are you doing? So she pulls over, she's like, it's my sister, it could be an emergency, and she answers. <laughs> yeah, so Courtney says, she found the perfect party dress, but, and don't get mad, it's orange. Um, yeah, the instructor yells at her, and Taylor just, like, hands him the phone and resumes driving. Well, yeah, he's like, if you don't get off the phone now, you're gonna fail. Yeah, so she's like, tell her that she can get the dress if I can wear her Jimmy Choo's. 
Um, so Courtney buys this $1,000 orange dress. Was, like, not thinking about it. Yeah, and Taylor explains to the instructor that she and Courtney are best, best friends. So every year, they divide interests, like, colors and celebrity crushes and activities, so there's nothing to fight about. (laughs) So this year, um, Taylor gets orange, as we can see by the orange, um, beret. What are those hats called? Oh, they're, um... News, not newsboy hats. I know no. what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's like it's like it has a brim like a bucket and it, hat, but it's like a very tiny brim and like a belt buckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and Taylor says that she's gonna be cool about the dress because it's Courtney's cotillion. Um, Taylor remembers her cotillion. It was fabulous, and this always confused me because I did not know what a cotillion was and so this whole time I thought this was just like Courtney's birthday party and a cotillion was just like what they called it for like rich people I thought it was like sort of similar to like a quinceanera how it's like you know like a girl like it's just a single girl Mm -hmm. but and so I was so confused like why all these people were involved in Courtney's party and why her dad was okay with missing like her birthday party (laughs) But it's not. Yeah. Did your school have cotillion? No. One of the schools, like, around here did, but we did not. We were not fancy enough for that. We didn't. One um, of the schools around here did, and they had to do, like, classes for it. Like, they had to prepare for it, like, an entire year. After, like, the school that, like, like, me and my siblings went to closed. I was already out, but my brother was was in sixth grade, so he went to the, like, combined, like, parish middle school. And they, I guess, like, because the other schools had offered it, they had offered cotillion, and he was, like one of two people in his class who didn't take it. Yeah. I don't think any of his friends wanted to, but their moms made them sign up for it. My mom was like, why? Yeah, Cotillion <laughs> is kind of like a coming out party. Like, I, I think you learn, like, etiquette. Like, yeah. Like, bring out the chair for the girl and you use the right forks. And you learn how to dance and, and you're proper. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I'm yeah. so glad I never did it. Same. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Taylor pulls into the parking lot, and the, st- the instructor tells her that, like, while technically she didn't have any problems, she does have a problem staying focused, and is about to not pass her, but Taylor's like, you know, if you don't pass me, I'm gonna come back every single day and ask for you, and you only, until I pass this test. <laughs> yeah, and so like, she just threatens him into getting her <laughs> license, and he's like, okay. God, I wish I would've threatened my instructor instead of crying. <laughs> I don't think that would have gone well for you. No, she was very scary. <laughs> oh my god, I had a woman too. Maybe yeah, it was the, the first, same girl. The first time it was a woman. The second time it was a man. He wasn't as scary. Um, and the second time it wasn't as bad because I was at an intersection and there were like cars coming from everywhere whenever I was making the turn. So, you know, like naturally. And the third time it was a woman and she was like older and she wasn't as scary. <laughs> Um, so then we cut to Dad in his office giving his business partner a gift. It's a framed photo of them. And they've Probably been, like, at the beginning. Yeah, they've been business partners for 20 years now, and so they're talking about their good times together. And but, Bob, the business partner, is immediately like, remember that deal that you didn't take that would have gotten us a lot of money? Yeah, and Dad's <laughs> like, yeah, you never let go, you never got rid of, the, like, you never let go of that. But he's like, you know... Life isn't all about money, and Bob doesn't really say anything to that. Yeah, so Bob gives Dad tickets to the Ecuadorian rainforest to photograph a rare butterfly, because that is Dad's hobby. Yeah, Dad's hobby is photographing butterflies, and he has a picture of every single one except for this specific butterfly, Yeah, apparently. like, like I, I know they needed to, like, get their dad out of the country and, like, out of reach, yeah. but this is so weird and specific. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> I think they're um, also trying to, like, be like, he's rich. He has a rich person hobby. I don't know. I guess. Um, so Bob promises to take care of things at work, and he says, like, Courtney won't notice that you're missing from her party. She won't care. Um, t- back, yeah, they're at home. Taylor and Courtney drive into the driveway with a giant banner on the car that says, congratulate me, I passed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they came back from the market where they left their housekeeper. Yeah. Okay, they call her different things. Her name is, it's Corinne. spelled Corinne, but they keep saying it weird throughout like, the movie. Corinne. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they say it, but I'm going to say Corinne. It's Corinne. Yeah. Yeah, and Dad's, Dad was like, yeah, he was like, so like Corinne drove you to the like driving test and then he drove back without her, and they're like, oh, it's fine, she just got a cab home, and Dad's like, she has groceries. Well, yeah, they, they're like, we dropped her at the grocery store, and we gave her money for a cab, and he's like, he has to, she has to take all her groceries to the also, cab. they definitely live in sort of, like, a small town area. Yeah. So, I, I don't know how, how cabs work. I don't know. 
Um, so Dad opens the garage to reveal a new car for Taylor. It's it's Mom's old car. Yeah, it's like like classic Mustang. Yeah. Um, for Taylor to congratulate her on passing. Um, but this car is a stick shift. So Dad got his friend to teach her on another vehicle that's not this like brand new Mustang. Whenever uh, Taylor sees the car, she says, Daddy, that's hot. That's so hot. <laughs> so that is absolutely Paris and Nicole. And the second season, I've been starting to watch the second season because I literally watched all of the first season <laughs> in one day. And the second season, they say that's hot all the time. The first season, they said it here and there, but season two is really when it becomes their catchphrase. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder if like the public didn't pick up on it then, but then in every interview, they were like, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so then there, some of the producers were like, you gotta say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we cut to this uh, farmer slash, this dairy farmer telling his teenage son, who's just casually holding a pig, yeah. that he's going to teach Taylor to ride, to drive a stick shift. Um, he is not happy about it. Yeah, his name's Jackson, and he's like, why do I have to do this? I don't even know her. She's spoiled and stuck up and... And condescending. Yeah. And we learn that this, um, dairy farm is the main producer for the, for, um, uh, their dad's dairy factory. So basically, like, he, like, he's the reason we're in business. Like, all we have to do is just, like, teach his teenage daughter how to drive. Like, we do anything for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so as Jackson is calling Taylor spoiled, stuck up, and condescending, this is when Taylor arrives, um, Jackson just, like, gives Taylor the pig. Yeah, he just, like, hands her the pig, and so obviously she's like, what do I do with this? Yeah. He sets it down, and he gets all mad. He's like, why would you do that? She's like, do I look like the pig-holding type or something like that? Yeah, so they're in the truck, and Taylor is just, like, struggling to get it, because she's never driven a stick shift before. Yeah. And when she gets upset, he just, like, calls her clueless and out of touch with reality, um, and so, but then they try again, and she succeeds, and they're, like, driving through the field. Okay, and then she just imme- immediately gets it and doesn't yeah. have any other issues. <laughs> she doesn't have issues, like, changing gears or knowing when to do that. Yeah. They never go over that, because then she can just suddenly drive her Mustang all of a sudden, after one lesson. Yeah. Um, but that while they're driving, Jackson, like, abruptly gets out to check on the pregnant cow in Martha. the barn. Martha. Taylor follows, um, and while he's checking the cow, and just, like, insulting her, just left and right, like, Mm -hmm. they don't know, they barely know each other. Yeah. Um, they realize that she didn't put on the parking brake, and the truck rolls into the pond. Uh, he doesn't get very angry, because, like, he knows it was was an accident. And again, like, she's very sorry. Well, yeah, she's apologizing a lot. She takes responsibility. Yeah, and she's like, my dad will pay for, to, like, get it fixed and everything, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's another thing, where, like, the girls... Like, even though, like, they do mess up, they're trying, they're, they never not trying, but they're just, like, clueless about how things work. Yeah, but they also do every time something goes wrong, they turn to, like, money and fixing it immediately, so. Yeah, so at dinner, Taylor tells Dad that it'll cost $2,800 to fix the truck. Uh, he's not happy. Yeah, he says that they're careless about their spending and this needs to stop. But they're basically like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Courtney's helping dad pack that night for his trip, and she says that she's glad that he's finally going on a trip, it's been so long that since he's taken a vacation, and And she's like, it's really okay that you're missing my party. Yeah. Um, don't worry, I'll stick to the $25,000 party budget. Yeah, and this this is a cotillion for four people, so each of them are kicking in $25,000. Yeah, this doesn't make sense to me. It's just at the country club. Is it just, are they just on the party planning committee? Or is it for more people? What do you mean? No, it's just the four of them. They're the only ones being celebrated. Oh. (laughs) And they're each kicking in $25,000. Yeah, yeah, these girls, they're planning the whole thing, and they're like, we have to stick in our budget for an ice sculpture. Yeah. Um, so the next day, Taylor and Courtney struggle to make food on Corinne's day off. Um... Heather calls as Taylor is, like, turning on a burner on the stove, um, and while Courtney is on the phone, Heather is telling them, like, oh, like, the store just got a new shipment of shoes, like, one that'll, like, perfectly match your dress, and these ones that Taylor want, these ones that Taylor want. So they rush to, like, leave for the store, and Courtney unknowingly throws this rag on top of the stove that Taylor had just turned on, and this, like, gas stove. Yeah. And it catches fire. Yeah. So they leave, but as they get home, they see that there's, like, all these fire trucks, and they're like, oh, shit, what do we do? 
So whenever they get home, dad is obviously very upset with them because they've like burned the kitchen and he talks about like, oh, this was like your mother's favorite place to be in the house. This is where she patented the yogurt recipe. <laughs> yeah. The mom made the yogurt recipe yeah, herself. That's where this comes from. Well, I was so confused because I was like, what? Because I was like, is that sour cream that they're making? Like, I'm so confused. No, like this whole thing, their main product is yogurt. Yeah. And it all came from mom. Yeah, apparently. Who is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's very upset and he's like, you know, you guys need to learn responsibility. Also, it's a very like um like meager fire. It's just like sort of burn the cabinets above the stove. Which like is still very bad. Yeah, but apparently somebody was able to call the fire department to get it to go out before anything else burned. Yeah. And also it just immediately gets fixed. I don't know how they fixed that very quick, but they did. Yeah. yeah so dad tells them that they need responsibility. They're going to have summer jobs. They're going to work at the dairy. Courtney says that she can't because she has cotillion next week and she has to get all these final details nailed down. She doesn't have a date yet. Yeah. And dad's like, okay, well, you can do it when you're not working. It's fine. So Taylor is stuck on, oh, he says that you'll be working 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And Taylor's like, 7 a.m.? Honestly, that's a really good shift because you get off at 3 p.m. and it's like an early shift. Like, you don't want a late shift. <laughs> yeah, but I do understand 7 a.m. is very early. Yeah. But they get woken up at 5.30 in yeah. the morning so they can get ready. Like, I don't know what how far hell? away the dairy farm is, but you do not need to get ready for a day of work at the dairy I... farm. <laughs> Whenever I used to work retail, so the store was like 20 minutes away from our apartment. I would leave at... 11.40, I had to work at noon, I get there like two minutes before I was supposed to, um, uh, start, start, <laughs> but like if it was, um, like a weekend, I'd sleep very late, so I'd set my alarm for like 10 something, so I'd have time to make lunch and stuff, then there was one time I set my alarm, but it didn't go off, so I woke up like at noon, and I was like, um, I'm gonna be like 10 minutes late, <laughs> just give me some time, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, so they, they wake up at 5.30 to get ready, and as they're in the car about to leave, Dad says to remember, like, he'll be in the middle of the jungle, so he won't have self-service, just be careful, behave, and that's it. Uh, yes. So, Taylor and Courtney get to the dairy farm, they park in their dad's spot, like, up in the front, <laughs> and they go inside, they say hi to Bob, his they business partner. They call him Uncle Bob, so you know that they're very close. Yeah. And so he immediately closes his computer as they walk in. Mm, sketchy. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, oh, did your dad get to the airport okay? And then he's like, oh, by the way, you need to report to Fran. She's going to tell you what to do. You're working on the floor. And so they go and meet Fran. And For a hot second, they look at a picture of mom on the wall with her yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they try to convince Fran to let them do, like, desk jobs, like filing or something. But she's like, no, your dad said that you need to work on the floor to, like, learn this stuff. So... That's what they have to do. Yeah, so on the production line, they're in uniform, and they're just, like, they're separate. I don't know what they're doing right now, because Taylor is, like, putting, like, stacking the cups, and then Courtney is, like, separating the cups. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I guess it's so they don't, like, get stuck. I don't know. I don't know. They're Courtney, wearing their hairnets and their, like, and their, lab yeah. coat things. Courtney takes out her cell phone to take a picture of Taylor, because Courtney's already teasing Taylor about, like, having a crush on Jackson Mead. Oh, my God. Um, Taylor tries to stop her, but the phone ends up falling into a tub of yogurt. Um, they go to tell, um, an employee that there's a phone in one of the tubs of yogurt, but they don't know which one. So, <laughs> this man stops production, and he is so harsh on them. Like, this is, like, literally their first day. Like, things happen, and he's like, you girls are so stupid. And this is where I wrote, like, the girls may be spoiled, but they are very nice. Like, they feel bad about it. Um, and so, like, after they fight with this employee, Taylor finally decides to call Courtney's phone so they can find which yogurt's in it. Because the guy was like, now we're gonna have to make a whole new batch. Like, yeah. he, it's so... You, you'd be able to find it. So they did. And he's yeah. like, well, how are we gonna make up these four minutes? And then Taylor does this quick equation. She's like, She's like if you speed up the machine, blah, 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 then we'll ha make up the time. So, yeah, she's very good at math. Yeah, so I cut to 11 a.m., um, the girls are, like, putting lids on the tubs, they're, like, making a mess, because, again, like, it's a process, it's, yeah. you have to, like, get a, get into a rhythm. Yeah, and this is exactly, like, the Simple Life, uh, milk jar scene, so whenever <laughs> they're working at the dairy farm, they have to take unpasteurized milk and put it in these, uh, milk jars that they're gonna, like, sell, and so the guy is like, okay, you need to make sure you don't, like, spill any extra, because that's, like, a waste of milk, and that's, like, don't do that, make sure you fill them to the top, but don't overfill them, this whole thing, so they have, like, all these jars they have to fill up, and they're like, the guy is on his way, so, like, make sure you get this done in time, so they're filling it up, but 
Paris and Nicole also, like, know that this is a TV show and that there aren't really <laughs> repercussions for what they do. So they're not trying that hard. And eventually they, like, start spilling stuff all over the place because they're getting lazy. So they bring, like, a bucket of water and a hose and they just start, like, rinsing off the milk so the guy doesn't yell at them again because he yelled at them <laughs> once already. And then they start, like, filling it up with water and they're like, we're just making it light. It's fine. We're helping them out. And, like, light doing yeah <laughs> and they're like doing all this shit so that's what it reminded me of because they're really struggling and like making a mess i think that's probably what it was based off. yeah of. and all they're doing is putting lids on the yogurt tubs. yeah but they li- they're literally getting their hands in it and yeah. there's like yogurt on their nose and stuff <laughs> yeah. they should not be selling that yogurt yeah anyway the buzzard rings and courtney thinks that it's quitting time but taylor tells her that it's just time for lunch and so courtney groans and walks off and she says i am not happy right now which like <laughs> It's very realistic. Listen, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Um, so Courtney and Taylor walk into the lunchroom, and everyone stares at them. Yeah, it's so strange. Uh, Mr. Perez, which is Heather's dad, like, their friend's dad, greets them. He's very nice to them. Like, he knows that they are, like, two, like, clueless teenage girls. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, like, this is also, like, their daughter's best friend. So he's very nice. Um, they assumed that lunch would be provided, but it's not, so they I don't know to... why their dad didn't tell them to bring lunch. Yeah, <laughs> so they have to get, like, sandwiches from the vending machine, which, like, I cannot tell you how many meals I've had from vending machines. <laughs> um, so, like, sitting at the table, Courtney says that she still doesn't have a date to her cotillion, and that's when this French guy in a jumpsuit walks by. Uh, Mr. Perez says that Philippe is a foreign exchange student with the Millers, and that their dad got him a summer internship at the factory. Um, yeah, and then at lunch, the band starts playing. <laughs> yeah, Their so, band, like, made up of employees there. Just yeah, on Mondays, playing. the employee, like, folk band <laughs> plays in-house music, and everyone gets up and dances. Yeah. <laughs> um, Courtney and Taylor look a little bit embarrassed, but then they kind of get into it. Um, they're singing, like, it's an original song, because they're singing about, like, working at the creamery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, up to my head in yogurt. <laughs> yeah, after the song is finished, Fran invites anyone to come up and sing, and so Taylor's like, can me and Courtney sing? We're actually really good. But everyone is so mean. They're yeah, like, Fiddler says, this band is for real working folk. Better off joining the pretenders. Like, do you know what y'all just missed out on? That is, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, that's, like, very, like, I feel, like, nice of them to, like, want to get involved in, like, employee morale. Well, also, like, you'd think that they would be nice to them because they're the boss's daughter. Right. I mean, like, it's good that they don't feel like they have to or else something bad's gonna happen, but why are they so mean? They're just so mean to them <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. And again, this is their first day and their children. Like, yeah. y'all have been here for years and years and years. This is your everyday life. Like, be nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so later that day, Taylor- Oh my god, maybe this is where, like, my starting job anxiety comes from. <laughs> I think it's just not knowing what to do makes <laughs> maybe me anxious, at least. It's not these dairy workers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Taylor and Courtney are carrying these big tubs of, like, blueberry product, and they're like, you know, everyone doesn't like us. Maybe if we're quicker, they'll like us. Also, I want to point out that Courtney is wearing one of these, like, mid-2000s, like, sort of, like, Chinese, like, the, like, cultural appropriation-inspired shirts and, like, chopsticks in her hair. Yeah. And the chopsticks are poking out through her All hair of her net. hair accessories are always on top of her hair yeah. net. I don't know <laughs> and why. And these aren't, like, netted hair nets. They're, like, full hair nets. Yeah. Yeah, so they're walking in their heels that they've been wearing all day, apparently. Yeah. And they're like, we need to hurry up. Maybe they'll like us if we do that. So as they walk, they slip on something, drop the tubs all over themselves, and everyone just, like, laughs at them and doesn't help them or tell them how they can clean it up. Yeah, they all just, like, stare disapprovingly and then leave. Uh, they can't get up in their heels. And then we cut to them um, taking their clothes out of the company washing machine and dryer that's in the factory. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. Why do you have that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, at the end of the day, Melvin is handing out paychecks. Um, they tell Taylor and Courtney, or he tells Taylor and Courtney that they don't get paid until they do a full week's of work. I mean, like, they would obviously get paid, but, like, add it all up. The pay- payday comes once a week. Um, the girls walk out to find Jackson, like, making a delivery. Um, Taylor tells him that she can bring over uh, the check for the truck and she also wants to see how Martha the cat was doing. Yeah, and Jackson's very impressed with this. He's like, oh, she, like, cared and remembered about oh Martha. When your girl cares about your pregnant cow, that's how you know <laughs> Hard she's eyes. the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, okay, what about seven? And they agree. It's like a date. It's so weird. <laughs> they both, like, prepare. 
prepare for this like it's a date, but they're literally just like, okay, I'm going to drop off a check and check well, on the cow. Yeah, at home, uh, Taylor and Courtney are eating takeout with Heather, and they're talking about Philippe. And uh, Heather's like, well, how about we invite him subtly? Because Courtney's afraid to just invite him to go to the dance, and she needs a partner for her spotlight dance. Is that a thing? I was going to look that up. I don't know. It was, I don't think so. It was a thing for Cotillion, for them, I guess. And so... Um, as oh yeah so then we see jackson and taylor both separately getting ready to like hang out as on the ride plays yeah i want to mention before that the way that they come up with a plan to invite philippe is that because he's staying with the millers there's a kid named richie in their class who they didn't invite who's like clearly like kind of a dork and like it doesn't oh yeah it also doesn't seem like he'd be the kind of person who would want to go to something like this anyway um, but they're, they decide to pretend that Richie's invitation got lost in the mail and then just, like, casually bring up that he can invite anyone else he wants. Yeah. Yeah, so then we see Jackson and Taylor getting ready to on the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson is, like, waiting for her with flowers. Can you imagine that? Like, she shows up and she's like, I'm here to drop off the check. Where's the cow? And he's like, here's your flowers. <laughs> well, she's like, getting Whoa. ready, too. Yeah. So she knows it's a date. She's doing her makeup. And as she's doing this, she, like, uh, yawns. And uh, she... Oh, yeah. So we see that Jackson has the flowers. We look at the clock, and it's 7.16, and Taylor's fallen asleep in her bed. At, like, 7.20, Jackson already gets up and throws the flowers <laughs> away, which, like, I get she's late, but I feel like 20 minutes is, damn, n- yeah, not Maybe enough like, time. An hour? I don't know, 45 minutes? Yeah, I don't know. I guess being set up is very bad, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> not to say that we wouldn't be in a situation where we've been stood up. Yeah, I've never been stood up. That's because I, I never date. Yeah, I've never had the opportunity <laughs> the to be stood yeah. up. <laughs> um, Heather and Courtney are um, at Richie's house um, trying to, like, manipulate Richie into, like, bringing Philippe to the party. So they eventually get Richie to, like, go grab Philippe and bring him downstairs. And Philippe agrees to be Courtney's date to the party. So check that off the list. Yeah, the next morning, as their alarm goes off, Taylor realizes that she slept through the night. She went to bed at 7 p.m. and slept through the night. (laughs) I mean, I relate. You're very tired. After a full day of work. Having never worked before. Yeah. In your heels. After my first day of work, I wore flats. I worked in retail. I couldn't walk for, like, a month. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, on the floor, the employees tell Melvin that their checks bounced, but Melvin doesn't know why. Um, everyone hounds the girls, uh, when they walk in, because they haven't gotten their money, and Melvin tells them that the company is broke, and that's when Bob walks in, and he says he just got off the phone with the bank, and he says that Dad took the company money and fled. The company account has been wiped clean. But immediately the girls are like, there's no way that he could have done this. Yeah, Bob says the money is gone, but Fran agrees with the girls, and she's like, I've worked here, like, the entire time it's been open, I trust Reed with my life, he would not have done this, and then some other people also step in, and they're like, yeah, no, I don't think Reed would have done this. So Bob's like, you know, I'm gonna hop on a plane and go over to Ecuador, see if I can find Reed and see what happened. Uh, Yeah, Fran says that they'll have to work, so they work without pay for now, so they don't miss deadlines. The girls, again, tried to reassure everyone that it wasn't them, and Taylor is, like, trying to rally them, and she's like, come on, guys, like, we can do this, like, we can't let him down, and she starts, like, the production, like, the conveyor belt, but it's actually a button that turns on this, like, milk hose instead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And all the employees laugh. They bond over this. Yeah, it's sort of like a haha, fun times. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about is like Fran is very committed to the company because like she knows that uh, like dad cares about them as they work there, but also uh, capitalism is a monster and these people should not have to work without being paid. So it's like a lose lose, basically. <laughs> like they're doing a good thing, but they shouldn't have to. Right. So. And it's uh, they also mentioned that like because these are like very easily perishable products. Like, once they get everything figured out, it might be, like, too late for a bunch of the things that they already have. So it's kind of this, like, weird situation that they're all in. Yeah. Taylor and Courtney are worried in the locker room because they're like, well, we hope Uncle Bob can, like, figure out what's going on. And they're like, hmm, let's go to his office, see if he can relay a message to Dad because we're worried. Just to tell him that we believe in him. Yeah. So they get to Bob's office and they see that it's empty and they find the picture that Dad had given Bob of the two of them broken in the trash. Yeah, so so immediately Taylor is like, Bob must be be the crook that's why he gave dad the trip to the middle of it was nowhere. all a setup yeah so 
They arrive at Fran's house. Uh, Fran introduces her husband, who also works at the dairy, but he works nights. And they show them the photo, and Fran's like, what do I do with this? And they're like, okay, like, hear us out. Um, but then both of them are like, yeah, that seems right. Like, Bob always seemed off. Um, and then the girls were like, yeah, he does seem off. Like, making us call him uncle and we're not even related. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, uh, they bring up that Bob hated that dad wouldn't sell the dairy farm to this for this big uh, amount of money because he knew that they would automate it and all the people there would lose their jobs. And he didn't want to, like, take away the people's jobs. Yeah, Fran is like, I don't think Bob ever got over it. And they're like, what do we do now? And she's like, well, why don't you girls stay for dinner and we'll talk it out. So they invite the girls to stay and make dinner, and they're, you know, making pizza and so much Having fun. Having fun. And then Fran is like, oh, we make an extra for our elderly neighbor next door. And the girls are like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Wow. Amazing. Kindness. Imagine. <laughs> Later on, Courtney is meeting with the Cotillion girls, and it's just her rich friends, and they're talking about, you know, we're all going to need to ask our parents for more money because everything we want because is we just want too expensive. the balloon arch and the ice sculpture plus steak. We can't have chicken. And the seafood bar, which sounds gross, but I don't like seafood, so maybe These that's just are like me. Fort. Yeah. And so uh, Courtney, like, puts her foot down. She's like, we can't do that. Like, I can't ask my dad for more money. And they're like, wow, okay. She's like, you know, let me have Taylor look over this to see if the math is right. She's really good with numbers. And she's already done cotillion, so maybe she can tell us what we're doing wrong. And they're like, fine. Sarah is Jane from Degrassi. She is, like, the biggest one who's just very rude about everything. She, like, will not budge on anything Courtney suggests. Yeah. So back at the house, the numbers are correct. And Courtney is very upset because it's so expensive. Uh, Taylor asks Courtney if she feels like it's up to them to fix everything going on at the dairy because dad is out of town. And Courtney's like, no, it's not our job. Like, it's not our fault. And Taylor tries to explain that, like, these people need these jobs. Like, they live paycheck to paycheck and they have no other option. Yeah, she's like, they, like, have to make mortgages. They have to send their colleges, like, send their kids to college. This is stuff that we never have to think about, but... Like, this dairy is their livelihood. Yeah, and so Taylor's like, hey, maybe we could use your party allowance to cover the dairy salaries. And Courtney thinks she's kidding at first, but is immediately like, no, we can't do that. Like, I need to pay for the party. Sarah's already looking for a reason to kick me out. Like, I'm sorry this is happening to them, but it's not my problem. And Taylor is like, it's an emergency, though. Like, how can you not care? And I guess, I don't know, it kind of speaks to how they were raised and how, like, they've never had to think about money. So it kind of makes sense that Courtney doesn't, like, understand the severity of the problem. And, like, technically it isn't their fault, but... Right. Yeah, like, obviously this is not their responsibility. Like, they are children. This is yeah. not their responsibility. Yeah. But because of the position that they're in... At least, like, Taylor at this point feels like it is. Yeah. And so, like, in one way, it's, like, really great that she, like, she she wants to help people with the resources that she has. Mm-hmm. But in another way, she should not have to feel that way. Well, also, Courtney's like, it's easy for you to say that we should do this when it's my party money and you've already right. had, like, this beautiful cotillion. And Taylor tries to explain that, like, it's not about that. But she's like, you know, I'm sorry for suggesting it. We'll find a different way. So Taylor then sees the envelope and re-remembers that she stood Jackson up. And so uh, she calls and Jackson's dad answers the phone. And she's like, hey, can I talk to Jackson? But Jackson, like, walks away and pretends like he isn't there. And so she's like, can I leave a message for him? And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, please tell him that I'm sorry I did this, blah, blah, blah. But Jackson just doesn't want to hear the apology. Yeah, so the next morning at work, Fran calls all the employees into the lunchroom for a company meeting. Fran and Melvin tell them that because the products are perishable, that a shutdown just, like, wouldn't work at this point. Um, the employees are obviously upset because they don't want to work without pay. Yeah, and again, they say, like, we live paycheck to paycheck. We can't afford to not be paid because they didn't get, like, their paycheck for their last work, and now they'd just be working for free. Yeah, so Taylor is, like, visibly worried, but Courtney is on her phone. She's not paying attention. So Taylor asks Courtney to go get her phone from her car, and Courtney's like, why can't you do it? And Taylor's like, I'm paying attention, you're not, just like, go get my phone. So while Courtney's gone, Taylor gets up and asks if they would still work if she could secure the money. And no one takes her seriously, they're all very mean, they're like, what money, how are, like, and like, they do have a point, she's like, our work, like, pays for your spoiled livelihood. And like I said, they do have a point, but, like, Taylor realizes this, and they are very mean about it. They're like, oh, like, you could sell your designer handbags. Like, again, this is a child. (laughs) Yeah. They're very mean. Um, 
but she does like care about what happens to them and so she's yeah, like, like you know like you're our, you guys are right and that's why I want to change I want to help yeah but again like no one takes her seriously yeah so she asks if they will just trust her and work until the end of the day and promises that she'll get them their money yeah, um, so outside Courtney tells but, well oh. they just call them spoiled brats and so Taylor's like yeah, I'm trying to change. Yeah, outside, Courtney is talking to Philippe, and she brings up the spotlight dance, and she's like, I, I'm sorry I didn't tell you about it. Is that still okay? Will you still be my date? And he's like, yeah, why yeah, not? I don't care. So Courtney walks back inside, and Fran tells her that Taylor went to run an errand with Melvin. At the bank, um, the teller gives Taylor a check for $20,000, and then she gives that check to Melvin to cover the expenses. Yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to mention, because they have at least 20 employees at the dairy, and they have $20,000, so how much are they getting paid? Are they getting yeah. paid a lively, like, a living wage? I'd like to know. I don't know. I mean, it may not be, like, their full salary, but it might, it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I just wanted to bring that up, because dad that should is, be paying uh, it's only, living wages. It's only, like, a week salary. Well, yeah, but is she paying for the work that they're, like, about to do, too? Or what are they doing with that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, so but Fran it's, announces it's still, yeah. that they have the money, and she's like, thanks to Taylor, and Taylor's like, and Courtney, uh, where the payroll is guaranteed, and everyone like, cheers. Hope, yeah, hopefully until Dad gets back. Yeah, and so Courtney is mad, because she's like, where did the money come from? Um, after the end of the day, outside, she again asks, like, where the money comes from, and Taylor's like, you know, we're gonna talk about it when we get home. So at home, Courtney obviously feels betrayed when she finds out that Taylor took her party money. And Taylor's like, I had no other choice. Like, you saw what was happening today, and I felt like that was all we could do. It's like, people are going to lose their homes. Like, we can't let this happen. Yeah, and Courtney's like, well, you promised me yesterday. And Taylor's trying to say, like, these people face real repercussions. And Courtney's like, we're only kids. Like, we shouldn't have to save them. And, like, she is right in that regard, but also, like, there's bigger things going on. I feel conflicted about the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, this whole thing. <laughs> It makes you think. It makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they fight, uh, and Courtney thinks that Taylor might have sabotaged her on purpose because um, that means that, like, Taylor will be the one who had a party leaving Courtney in the dust, and she'll, I don't know, like, reign supreme. Yeah, Taylor tries to say that they can compromise, that she'll go talk to the girls because the girls really, like, look up highly to her. But Courtney's like, no, like, Sarah's going to kick me out. I know that she will. And Courtney, yeah, blames her for doing it on purpose. Uh, later on, Taylor drives over to Jackson's house with a check, and she gives it to him and apologizes through the door. He's very moody, but just, like, immediately forgives her. And they're like, let's go see Martha. Yeah, so she, like, sort of explains everything that's wrong to him. Because, like, oh, well, she also, like, doesn't, I guess, I don't know, she doesn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. She doesn't, like, have anyone else to talk to at this moment. Um, so, she, so she explains everything that's going on. Um, and at this point, Jackson's dad calls him over. Martha is about to give birth, but for some reason her labor stopped. So they're in the barn. Um, Jackson and his dad are, like, trying to help Martha. But Taylor thinks that Martha is distracted by the bull that's also in the barn, not giving her privacy. And at first they, like, think it's a little ridiculous. But Taylor's like, what woman would want to be watched by someone else going through this? So she gets up and she, like, shoes the bull away. Um, another thing that happened at the dairy farm whenever Taylor and Nicole were there, they had to, like, scare the cattle to, like, move or something. And so the guy who was, like, working there told them, like, oh, just yell at them. Like, be really harsh and they'll, like, start moving. So Nicole Ritchie is like, move, you fucking cows! Get your asses out of here! Like, screaming. And the guy is like, okay, maybe not so harsh. <laughs> it's really funny. That's so. not what Taylor did. She no, just she just, said, like, shoot shoo, bull, shoo. But I just thought I'd mention it. Yeah, so she shoots the bull away. She goes over to, like, comfort Martha, like, up at her head. She's like, it's okay. Like, you're doing better now. And then the calf is immediately born. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Taylor goes and hugs the calf that's just, like, covered Ew, in, like, yeah. gross. And yeah, which probably explains why later that night she's in Jackson's clothes, because she was covered in, like, cow guts. <laughs> yeah, and then they're just holding hands immediately in his borrowed clothes, and they, he's surprised with her because she was so good with Martha, and they agree they had too many preconceived notions of each other. This relationship started, like, three days ago. And then they kiss. It's weird. It's so... Why? This entire movie takes place in a week. Why is it so quick? <laughs> it's a week. Uh, the next morning, whenever Taylor's getting ready for work, she sees a note left on the mirror that said that Corinne drove her to work and to forget that she exists. <laughs> forget I exist. 
Um, so at work, Courtney is ignoring Taylor on the production line. Taylor goes over and tries to reason, but Courtney just won't have it. And she's like, listen, like, don't talk to me. Forget about Cotillion. Completely forget about July 10th, the day of my Cotillion. Yeah. Um, uh, the computer starts beeping. And so the guy who's always so mean to them comes over and he's like, you need to change the expiration like, date. Don't you know what to do? It's day three of work, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're doing it. Fuck off. So uh, ta- uh, Courtney types in July 10th, even though the date before was July 30th. So, oops. So, Fran comes in to announce that there's a problem. The refrigeration system shut down and the milk has gone bad. Uh, uh, Taylor Bob's fault because his job is to, like, check on the thing yeah, to make Taylor's sure it's working. Like, wasn't someone supposed to monitor it? And they're like, yeah, but it was Bob's job. But well, he was probably too busy stealing our money. Um, so, in the lunchroom, Taylor is sitting at a table with, like, other employees, like, figuring out what to do. They don't have enough money to, like, cover all the costs of, like, paychecks plus new milk. Mm-hmm. And after the, this, like, production cycle, they should probably shut down, um, because upcoming deliveries won't get made. Um, Taylor suggests talking to Mr. Mead, uh, the dairy farmer, Jackson's dad, for milk on credit. But Fran's like, no, like, that's just, it doesn't work that way. Um, Courtney is at a different table on the phone telling Sarah that she still has $5,000 for the party, um, but Sarah says that if she can't deliver her full share, she is out. And I don't know why this scene, this part particularly, because, like, we see Sarah, like, at her pool or whatever, and their housekeeper or whatever is, like, doing her toenails, and she just goes, I don't want that color. (laughs) I don't know why I, like, remember that so vividly. Um... So, Courtney gets off the phone, she walks up to Taylor and just, like, yells at her. She's like, thanks to you, I'm out of the party! And, like, storms out of the cafeteria. Taylor follows her and basically tells her to, like, get your priorities straight. Like, think of someone other than yourself at this moment. And at this point, Courtney is just fed up and quits. Well, yeah, she's like, we need more money to replace the milk, all this stuff. She's, like, kind of asking, like, hey, can I have that extra extra $5,000? But Courtney is just like, I don't care, like, this is not my job. And she walks off. Taylor calls her selfish. Um, yeah, so on the farm, Jackson tells Taylor that credit just isn't possible because they're a small dairy farm, and, like, it's not that his dad wouldn't want to help, but be, they're, like, already in debt already, and they well, just can't stay in business. And he says that his dad would help, too, which yeah. is, like, part of the problem, because yeah. that's how they're just going to get more in debt. Um, so at Heather's house, her mom is hemming Heather's dress whenever Courtney gets there, and Heather seems really embarrassed that, like, Courtney's coming up, and she's like, Mom, like, we have to hide this, but Courtney comes in, Mom's like, what are you doing? It's just your friend Courtney. And so uh, Heather's mom is like, oh, isn't Heather's dress really cute? And Courtney's like, yeah, like, I thought you were going to get that one from the store. And she's like, oh, like, we can't afford that. So, like, this is what I'm wearing. Yeah, and Courtney's, like, really nice about it. She's like, oh, well, this one looks perfect on you anyway. Like, who cares? And she's like, oh, it doesn't matter anyway because I'm out of cotillion, so. Yeah, so Heather says that her homemade dress is humiliating because of Courtney's designer wardrobe. And Courtney's like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not in competition. I've never thought this. But Heather's like, you know, like, you may have never thought this, but, like, your lifestyle and the way you live like compared to the way I live and the fact that we struggle like my dad works at the dairy it's hard sometimes um she's like because you get everything you want and um she asks if she ever thinks of how other people live and so Courtney like hears this and she's like oh no Taylor was right and she's sorry for acting so spoiled yeah she's like am I really like that terrible and Heather basically says like what we've known the whole movie she's like no like you're a real, like, you're a good person, but because of the way you were brought up, you guys are just, like, a little out of touch with reality. It's not your fault, basically. Yeah, at um, home. Yeah, yeah, but then Courtney's like, you know, I realize that even though, like, I did live this way, I have no right to act like a spoiled princess. And Heather's like, no, like, you are a good person. And Courtney's like, yeah, but I guess it's time for me to do better. And I just want to say, I love this scene so much. <laughs> this I think about this scene a lot, Um And I'm not saying that, like, I was not born without privilege and stuff, but, like, I did have a friend who got whatever she wanted, and so, like, these conversations, like, would just be, like, odd, where it's, like, I would be, like, oh, like, oh, I wish I could have that, too, and she's, like, well, just ask for it, and I'm, like, we can't afford that, like, what are you talking about? And then just, like, casually, she'd be, like, oh, every Easter, my grandpa gives me $500, and I'm, like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, both of us obviously, like, grew up with privilege and enough money for, like, what we needed, but I think both of us, compared to, like, the people we were around, also had less money than what the people around us had. Yeah, just, like, this scene is, like, very relatable, especially, considering, like, Heather, like, she, like, it's obviously, like, a very nice house she lives in, like, her father has a steady job, um, but, like, also, her friends have much more than her, and, like, again, it's not that it's, like, 
Again, it's just, like, just, like, the way that we were born into. It's just an odd situation. Well, yeah, and, like, I can completely relate to Heather and, like, her embarrassment, like, of her friend who she knows has more money than her, like, seeing the way that she is. And, like, I don't know, it's really a weird situation because it's not like I, like, blame my parents or am embarrassed by them at all. (laughs) It's just, like, seeing the comparison is what makes it so, like, Con- I don't know. It's what makes it so, like, stark, I guess. So, it was a relatable scene. <laughs> yes, I remember this scene so well. Yeah. Um, so, back at the house, Courtney's talking to Corinne, and she's like, you know, I miss my mom because she was so amazing, and she knew what to do all the time. And she's like, whenever Mary and Taylor were fighting, she was the only one who could ever get us back together. Yeah. So, Corinne tells Courtney, she's like, you know, like, your mom was very special because she had perspective and compassion because she knew that this good, privileged life she lived was just a happy accident and how, which, like, again, that's how it happens. Yeah. And, like, it's sort of, like, the core message of this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, privilege. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I did not realize as a child. I, like, I was, like, watching this movie and I was like, ah! Yeah. They're explaining! (laughs) Uh, so the next day at work, Fran says that they are out of options and that, um, like, they just need to shut down. But Taylor says that she has an idea. And so she offers her car to Ralph, who is the one who fixed up the car for her. It was her mom's car. And also the delivery guy. Yeah. And so he's like, well, I can't afford what you'd, like, deserve for that. I can only offer nine grand. And Taylor's like, okay, I'll take it. So basically Ralph is paying for <laughs> yeah. the milk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets a car, but. Yeah, that I always thought was weird. I was like, oh, so. <laughs> Ralph has just like nine grants, <laughs> but I mean it's not his job to pay for his right. company's milk. Again, again. Yeah, yeah. So Taylor uh, gives jo- or gives Jackson the money, and she's like, "This is the down payment payment for the milk. I know that we still have a little bit more we have to pay, but we'll figure it out." And at home, Courtney tells Taylor that she found out that Taylor sold mom's car to keep the dairy open. Yeah, she, like, greets Taylor, like, warmly, and Taylor's like, I thought you weren't talking to me. (laughs) Yeah, and so Courtney's like, I want to help now. Like, we can have the rest of the money from my account. And uh, Taylor's like, I'm glad you want to help, but we're still, like, $1,000 short. And so Courtney's like, okay, I know what I need to do. And she goes and returns the dress that she bought for the extra $1,000. Yeah, so then... Outside, Philippe calls Courtney and asks her to dinner with the Millers at the country club. And Courtney's like, um, I should probably tell you that we're not invited, or I'm not invited to the party anymore, so you won't be my date. And Philippe is like, I don't care. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like, okay, you're come just to dinner. a pretty girl in America while I'm here for the summer. Like, who cares? Yeah. Philippe is <laughs> Top notch. A real a nice guy. So at dinner, uh, Courtney's with Philippe and the Millers, and Philippe asks Courtney to dance, and she's like, oh, you're a good dancer, but he's literally just, like, walking to the <laughs> music. Like, My parents paid for lessons. Yeah. <laughs> for 12 summers when I was a child. Yeah, uh, but as this is happening, Sarah approaches, and she yells at Courtney, because she's like, you're poor now, but you're still at the country club? How is that possible? And it's just, like, trying to embarrass like, her, basically. Guest, you bitch. And then <laughs> Sarah's like, um, everyone on your guest list got uninvited to the cotillion. Yeah. Um, and she's like, without you, we got everything we want the balloon art and the ice sculpture and the steak um <laughs> and that they just like have this weird standoff yeah um, so ends up leaving dancing with philippe because she's like what <laughs> yeah so jackson arrives at taylor's house just to like hang um and then we also cut back to philippe s courtney she's like he's like um if those are the girls at your cotillion why do you want to be a part of cotillion <laughs> and courtney's yeah. like I don't know. Yeah. I, I just wanted to be like Taylor. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they go in for a kiss, but the sprinklers go off, so they don't kiss. Yeah, Courtney, she doesn't get a kiss this movie, but Taylor gets two, <laughs> as we see in the next scene, whenever Taylor is just talking to Jackson, and she's like, you know, I have a new appreciation for my dad. He really does a lot. <laughs> and then they kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I bet your dad wouldn't appreciate that. Like, Jackson, get out of here. But Corinne, Corinne comes over there. with some popcorn. Yeah, Corinne just comes up and she's like, popcorn? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next day at work, Courtney and Taylor are on the production line. They're Corinne, doing the lids easily now. They have gotten used to all of what they're supposed to do. Yeah, they're having a good time. Fran comes up and invites them to this, like, party potluck tomorrow night to celebrate this, like, hellish week that, again, this has been one week. Yeah. This hellish week that they've been through. Yeah, at the party, everyone is dancing and having fun. Yeah, the band is playing. The, yeah, the... <laughs> I love this band so they're, They literally, just, like, in the... Whenever they were in the lunchroom, they had, like, a bass, a fiddle, like, all this, like, a banjo... 
Um, yeah, so Courtney and Philippe are dancing. Taylor and Jackson are dancing. Um, Fran, while she's, like, up at the mic, uh, thanks Courtney and Taylor for, like, helping them get them through this week. And Fran is like, Courtney, like, I know you're supposed to be your cotillion, but we want to give you your spotlight dance. Um, so, but before they could start, Ralph runs in. And he says that there's an emergency. The expiration date stamp is incorrect for all the products this week. And, like, some of their vendors have refused deliveries. Uh, they can't use new lids because of health codes. They can't, like, reseal, which makes sense. They can't, yeah. like, reseal stuff. And uh, Fran says that the only option is to start an entire new batch. But um, they don't have the money for new milk. The, the money or the manpower. Yeah. Courtney realizes that it was her that changed the expiration date. Um, and Jackson's dad says, uh, he's initially like, oh, like, we'll do the milk. And Jackson's like, hold on a second. But then dad's like, it's going to cost more to lose their business than to, like, give them the free milk right now. Yeah. Um, Ralph says that they need more manpower. And Courtney says, I know a place where I can get more volunteers. Yeah. (laughs) Courtney, Taylor, and Jackson Jackson. go to the cotillion. (laughs) And, uh, Courtney just, like, takes the mic and she's like, hey, everybody, I know I'm supposed to be part of this party, but my family's poor now and we're gonna lose the dairy and everyone's gonna lose our money if we don't have more people to help with the dairy. Sarah, the whole time, is, like, trying to, like, stop her and take the mic, but Courtney's like, hey, guys, have you ever heard of privilege? (laughs) (laughs) She's just like, please help us. And Sarah tries to take the mic so hard that she falls backward into the pool. I don't know if you heard my dog in the background. Um, yeah, and so... Um, but then everyone, everyone's attention turns to the dessert parade that comes out. Yeah, and no one ends up going with them. So Courtney's disappointed that no one came. But, yeah. And as they get there and they see that there's no additional people, they're about to shut everything down. (laughs) Heather is there. Yeah, well, she was at the party with her parents, I think. Yeah. And so they're about to shut everything down, but then Dad walks in with With who else? the party, yes! The people from the cotillion. Even the, like, people whose party it was are there, besides Sarah. Yeah. I don't know. Why? Dad says that he was dismissing his family, so he came home early and decided to go straight to the party to find them and surprise them. But when he got there, uh, all the guests told him what just happened, and they realized that Courtney was right. We need to do something for other than ourselves. Yeah, so <laughs> they all come together and ship it and do everything. Yeah, production and starts. Great. There's this, like, odd pop-punk cover of Taking Care of Business. Yeah. Sing <laughs> by, like, this girl band. <laughs> Um, and the team gets all the deliveries out, and it's a great time. Uh, Dad gives a nice speech thanking everyone and apologizing, saying they'll get it sorted, everyone will get paid. I hope that they're getting paid time and a half for this, um, (laughs) emergency work that they all did. Yeah, yikes. Um, the band starts playing for Courtney and Philippe's spotlight dance, and everyone else joins them on the dance grass yeah outside the factory yeah dad is thanking everyone personally as people are dancing because you know he's just that kind of guy yeah uh then we cut to back at their house the next day dad is crunching some nums and he says we're basically the nums yeah he said that they're basically starting over from scratch because of bob's greed can you not sue someone for i know what are they extortion are they not gonna like track down where did bob go yeah i wish we would get like some sort of resolution with bob (laughs) <laughs> Isn't embezzlement illegal? Can't they yeah. fire him? He literally <laughs> fled. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying that they're going to have to make some big changes. Like, they can't be spending money frivolously. Like, they need to really, like, budget now. And so uh, Dad thanks Corinne for breakfast. And he's like, oh, I turned off the alarms for the girls. This is, because, like, the next morning. Yeah. She's like, I figured they needed some time off after all the hard work they've put in. But then, as Dad gets in his car, the girls pop up from the back. And they're like, well, we have to go to work. It's going to distract us from shopping. (laughs) Oh. I hope they're also getting paid for working. At least now. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. That's they drive off to work. Yep. The end of the movie. That's it. Yeah. um, This movie is really just saying capitalism is bad. Yeah. (laughs) Because <laughs> you can work so fucking hard, and then stuff that's out of your control happens, and then you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically... <laughs> and, like I said, I, like, I think of it more, I, as I was watching it, I was thinking more of it from the, like, eyes of the people who are working there at the dairy, and, mm-hmm. like, 
their checks have bounced, so they don't have, like, money to pay, like, rent and whatever else from this last check. And then they're like, hey, we need you to keep working because this is a family business, which is something I've read about on Twitter. Like, a lot of times people feel, like, guilted by their organizations to, like, do more than they should for an organization that would not do the same for them. This is kind of different because we feel like Dad is a good enough guy that he would do stuff yeah, if he they could. Make it, they make it clear in this movie that Dad has taken a lot of time and effort to try like listen to his employees yeah and like make sure that they like have everything that they need like no one no one in this movie like says a bad thing about dad as a corporate boss yeah but like as I've gotten older and like am a part of like the workforce and stuff like that I've seen a lot of interesting stuff about like psychology and like the ways that like capitalism basically tries to manipulate you as the worker to like try and make you feel like you have to do things so basically all I'm trying to say is that most of the time, jobs don't care about you, so you yeah. should not care about them. Like, if you have time off, take the time off and don't feel guilty. Actually enjoy your time. You're just a person to them, not, like, an actual person. You're just, like, money to them, basically. Yeah, so. but also, like, none of these employees had to stay at the dairy. Like, if they needed money, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, they didn't really have another option. Like, I don't think they'd be able to get a job in time to, like do yeah. what they needed uh, it's i like it the way that the situation and like the fact that it like takes place at a dairy factory it's like a very like uh rare situation i guess well yeah maybe just, not rare but like there's special. a lot of layers to it i'm yeah, just saying so many layers i'm just saying i've thought so much about this that capitalism is bad and that's what this movie says because these people work very very hard and can't even make their mortgage payments for missing one yeah paycheck. and it's so weird for like a disney movie that like the two main characters are kids but then like most of the supporting characters like the ones that we see the most of are adults like we have like heather and then like the cotillion girls but we see them like maybe two scenes yeah well philippe and jackson yeah yeah but again like the like the relationships that we see most of are the ones with the other employees like specifically fran and i think that the point of this movie was actually not that capitalism is bad i think it was supposed to be like look what can happen when you come together and overcome adversity yeah but, like, like that's about, what i saw think about others think about it from the workers I mean, like, perspective and i Ooh, yeah, like capitalism a, is bad. As a child, this movie was just like, oh, like two like girls who were spoiled learn to like care about other people. Yeah, but yeah, now I see it. It's like, wow, America sucks. Yeah, yeah, a lot fucking going on. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think I. I was trying to see if I had any additional facts, but yeah, it was uh, like I said. It was loosely based off of, like, Paris and Nicole and, like, this whole idea of the simple life. I wish that it had more from the simple life, honestly, because I had such a good time watching it, but. <laughs> yeah, like, some of the things that they say, they're, like, actually really funny. Like, there was, like, the first time Dad tells them that, like, oh, like, you guys need to, like, limit your spending. Or, no, whenever he's about to tell them that they're going to get a job. And um, Courtney was like, oh, no. Are you taking away our personal freedom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have any quotes that you wrote down? Uh, my favorite is the one whenever Courtney thinks it's the end of the day, but it's just lunchtime, and she goes, <laughs> I am not happy right now! Uh, my favorite is whenever Taylor says, Daddy, that's so hot, and totally special about the car. <laughs> so, how did you rate and rank this movie? I gave this a four out of five, because I did a lot more critical thinking than I was expecting. Also, I love Allie and AJ. Yeah. I put it at number 11, below Double Teamed, and above My Date with the President's Daughter. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to give this a four out of five or a three and a half out of five, and I went back to my rating right now is basically Johnny Tsunami. Is it better or worse than Johnny <laughs> Tsunami? And I think it's just as good as Johnny Tsunami. I gave it a three and a half out of five, and I put it right under Johnny Tsunami, and then True Confessions is below it. So. What number? Uh, number 15. Yeah. Out of 71. This is our 71st movie. <laughs> and next week, we have Windy Woo Homecoming <gasps> Warrior. Oh my god. <laughs> um, on New Year's, whenever we were uh, Zooming with our friends, our friend was so excited to hear about Windy Woo Homecoming Warrior. It's Sarah's favorite DCOM, apparently. Whenever I think of DCOMs, like the first movie that comes, like like an average DCOM, the first mm -hmm. movie, that, like not average, but like one that didn't gain, you know, like international, international success. The first one that comes to my mind is always Windy Woo. Yeah. So we'll see Brenda Song next week I yet again. Her like third appearance, I think. Yeah. No, she is so underrated. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. Bye. Bye.